Go ahead and go ahead and introduce yourself to the to the peeps. You didn't even introduce the episode yet, but okay. uh, w- welcome. Uh, this is the podcast. Welcome. Uh, oh, just so you know, like every, like it's all uncut. So there yeah, you go. I get you. Well, because I've done my research, I know this is episode ten, and I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Okay. Well, so hello, what's up? My name's Christopher, um, and I I do prefer Christopher instead of Chris. So like. Yeah. So, like, if you if you title the episode, I'd prefer Christopher. Oh, I, I, yeah. A big thing about me is that I want to call people what they want to be called. So I already knew that because when I first met you, I asked you, do you prefer Chris or Christopher? And you said Christopher. And I said, I will forever call you Christopher and I will never call you Chris. You know what? That means a lot. Thank you. Why don't I like Chris? That's a great question because, um, wait, do you know? Do you have any idea? Okay. Well, people will assume that Chris means Christian and it doesn't and that just really irks me nothing against Christians but like you know you don't like Christians what's up with that oh okay hold on hold on hold on hold on like I don't enjoy being called Christian when my name is Christopher and people do it on purpose sometimes and it's not fun you mean like you don't like people who follow Christ like that that's very dubious of you what what, what, what does that mean you know what I'm not gonna fall into that trap I'm smarter than that Thank you, but... Okay, so do you know who that woman uh, is over there? The one who's crocheting the uh, the, the thing? Do, do you know her name? I, I do. I believe it's Claudia. Ah, yeah. She she actually has uh, her own podcast. It's pretty cool. But you, 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 you're you going to say something about, about Claudia. I, I was. I was going to say, well, first of all, I was pretty adamant about being on this podcast. So I'd also like to be on her podcast if she is still doing that. But... <laughs> The reason being that I'm a very opinionated person and I like to talk, I like to yap. So when she was on the panel at the complimentary workshop, she, well, there was this moment where, who was it? What, what was the lady's name that um, went up there and, and talked about, you know, like, it doesn't okay, well, there was somebody, right? And she talked about appreciating men. And how, you know, like women, I mean, women and men could do a better job at appreciating each other and the roles that they're in um, and like the roles that the Bible gives them. And I got up and said, well, that makes me feel appreciated because seeing that another, you know, like a woman is up there saying that and proclaiming that it's better than, you know, if I were to, it's more valuable. And there was more I wanted to say on that, but I kind of gave up the mic. And then our lovely friend over here told us like... What was it? Um, what was it? I think you said, you said like, it's not because, you know, I'm not going to hold the door open for you or for a woman or pick something up or carry something because you're weak, but it's because I respect you and like, I'm going to treat you the way that, you know, like a woman deserves to be treated regardless of who you are, like a friend or a teacher or, you know, whoever, right? That's very based. Yeah, it's very nice. Based. Can we, can we dive a little bit deeper into what based means? Because I hear people say, and I've never gotten a definition on that. You don't know what based means? Well, basically, based comes from a lot. Like, like there's so there's where the word comes from, and there's also like the typical uses for the word. So, based comes from saying something is evidence based or something is based in truth. So, if someone says something correct, people will be like, "Oh, that's that's based." But what based has come to mean is like something that refers to some. It tends to refer to something that's more like uh, countercultural things that like uh, things that are more like the culture might 
believe something to be uh, the case when it is actually not. So maybe some things about like uh, abortion, things about uh, marriage, how it's between one man and one woman. If someone says, oh, marriage is between one man and one woman, someone might be like, oh, that opinion is based. Um, yeah. Does that, does that make sense? That definitely makes a lot of sense. So I think then that means, I mean, that's a good thing because I think a lot of people, I've heard that a lot. I've heard based after, you know, I go on and on about an opinion I have, especially Angel, my boy Angel, shout out, because he's always telling me, he always says based after I finish talking. So now that I know what that means, I'm going to take more pride in that. Yeah, no, the being based is definitely something that is quite good. So another thing you said is that you want to talk about faith. How so? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, there are so many different like opinions to have, and well, not opinions. I mean, it's based on fact. It's based on the Bible. It's based on like uh, based. what? What? Yes, based. Wow. Okay. You know, that's really yeah. That's really enlightening, actually. Um, I don't know. Are there any? Give me, give me, give me a topic and ask me what my thoughts are on it. I don't know any topic. Like on the faith, or just like any topic. Okay. Um, why do you think bad things happen to good people? Uh, bro, yeah. You clearly Googled top five hardest faith questions. Uh, I did um, is it a typical question? Okay. All right. I will... Give me, give me a second. Okay. I think that um, that's a common misconception with people who... Um, are not of the faith or have a tendency to, you know, kind of reject the idea of faith and of God, um, that these bad things happen, you know, because of God or they're from God directly when we have to understand that, um, like we're, we're fallen creatures like humans and like we are of an evil world and therefore like these things that happen are of the world, not of God, right? Whether it's, sickness whether it's you know death like these things you know they they weren't supposed to happen in the original creation so now that we are sinners and now that we are fallen we will continue to fall and that shows up in a plethora of bad ways but i think that you have to separate sin and the world from god right like Yes, there is a plan from God. Like there is a, you know, like things are, things happen for a reason, right? And you are guided um, by God, you know, to get to a certain point. Like, and there will, there will be lows, like there will be struggles. But if you're not struggling and if you're not, you know, falling, then you're not, um, you're not living out God's plan to the full extent. So do you want this podcast to be, Ah, but if God is all good, then why is there evil in the world? Or would you prefer not to answer such questions? If God is all good, like why Why do you, it seems arbitrary. You make this all good God in your mind and then you say, oh, all the good stuff is him, but then the bad stuff, it's not him. How can you do that? Like, like, like. Like it, like if he's all good, why didn't why didn't he stop these things? Why didn't why didn't he make the world like better? Like like if he's all good, how can we say that when you, we see so much injustice, so much destruction, even even things like that are not like sinful people, even things that are just like natural disasters, people, thousands of people dying, like what's happening in like the the Holy Land? Like how how can how how can how can we say that God is good when all these bad things happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think 
Okay. Well, first of all, if I'm a witness to God or I want to be, I can't run away from these questions. They're going to come. Right? I'm going to meet people that are not of the faith that maybe want to know and want to see God, but they have these questions and they go unanswered. Right? So I can't run from that. What are you, what are you doing? What? Okay. Anyway, so basically, again, this goes back to the same sentiment of separating sin and the world from God. Like, yes, all these things do happen. And okay, so we, we have, it goes back to free will also. We have free will because we live on this earth that's full of sin and that's full of like, you know, the most horrible things you can imagine. And yet we still choose God, right? We still choose to love God. We still choose to come back and follow God and have faith in God. And that in itself is the basis of everything we're doing here, right? Like, hold on. Um, If God wanted to, he could make us all you know, his perfect robots, right? Like he could just, we could just love him, right? Unconditionally, if he so chooses. But he gives us a free will and lets us live in this bad world so that we choose him. Because then it's genuine and then it's real. You know what I mean? So like there needs to be bad. There needs to be unholy things. There needs to be sinful things. Otherwise, we have no choice. Otherwise, we can't choose God and, and, and get back up when we fall into sin or, you know. So, like, I mean, that's that's just pretty much my answer. Like, there needs to be bad so that there can be good. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, there, there are some. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, uh, God did not intend there to be bad, obviously. And man, man is what introduces de- sin and death into the world when he chooses in the garden to to disobey God. Uh, but this is not independent of God's plan. God did not say, oh, I want to make this perfect world. Oh, you goofed it up. What am I going to do now? No, God God foresees the the entrance of sin and death into the world just as he foresees the individual sins that each of us make. So, And this is not lost on him. In fact, his foreknowledge of this is what allows him to create greater good from things that are bad. He create like the resurrection is from the crucifixion. He takes uh, one's uh, sins, and uh, although he doesn't actively will them, they're allowed in his permissive will. He takes those sins and allows good to be worked through them. We see this in um, Joseph's brothers selling uh, him into slavery, but God uses that to to raise up a leader uh, that He uses to deliver the His chosen people uh, out of famine. Uh, the Lord always works all things for 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 good, and I think that that's some that's really the beauty of our faith to say that like we trust in God to to uh, to make things good, and even if we do things that are bad, uh, like the, the 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 most amazing thing about the faith to me is the idea that when I sin, God uses my sin to make me better on the other side of it when I seek His forgiveness, which is crazy. Because to say go, God allows natural disasters because that might have other good effects on the environment fine but when i whenever like to say like I, when i choose to turn away from him he actively makes it better for me when i like and and when i seek forgiveness for those sins that's crazy like yeah you just tapped into something that like i've always wondered about because god is all knowing all seeing you know he's omnipotent like when he created adam and eve didn't he I mean, so he created them with the purpose. He created the world with the purpose to be perfect, to be his perfect kingdom. 
So did he know that like Adam and Eve were gonna sin? Like, did he, you know what I mean? Like, I've always thought about that. You know what I mean? Because he didn't intend for it, but it happened. But everything that happened, God knows is going to happen. So, like, what's your, I don't know, what's your thought on that? Yeah. So, I mean, this is similar to, like, when God creates, like, uh, does he know, like, how does God know things? Like, how does he know that, like, 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 it's the same dilemma of, like, if we have, like, how does God know the past, present, and future? How does he know what I'm going to do 20 years from now while me also having free will? Or how does, how, how does he know these things? And a big part of it is, like, time is not something that exists independently from God. In fact, time is created by God. And God, God isn't even, like, he's not even eternal, meaning he spans all time. Of course he's that. But he also is, is independent of time. God exists outside of time. In fact, God exists out, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, whenever we say God is uh, eternal, that means that he is in every single moment and in all moments. So to, 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 to me, like, how do I know that, that, like, that like this wallet just dropped? It's because I'm, I'm here to experience it. I didn't like have the foreknowledge because God is in every moment. He's just, he's just there. So like, how, how does God know that you uh, are going to like, buy a specific car when you're when you're like 50 is because he's there right now but he's also here right now he's in all these places so how, do, how does he have this knowledge because because he, he's, he's straight up there so whenever he like does he create knowing that um that adam and eve will sin well he's there when adam and eve sins so he does know because he's there and that's not logically inconsistent to say because y- you know things whenever you're there uh so yeah uh but yeah so basically essentially the answer is is like yes he 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 did know because he's there, but uh, but yeah, part of it is you said like he gives us free will to to choose to love him, and Adam and Eve chose to not, and we choose to not. But luckily, Jesus came back, so amen. Yeah, absolutely, amen. But I mean, my point is like this: this is God does everything with intention. He's there, he's present in every moment, and everything that will ever happen and has ever happened, but. So that does that mean that he intended for Adam and Eve to eventually sin? Like, you know what I mean? And and then and then this goes back to another thing we can we can cover just so I don't forget because I, I forget things that I'm gonna say a lot. Um, it, it's something you mentioned earlier. Um, when we sin, I mean, we get back up. Like we fall, but we get back up, and that's the point of our faith. That's like who we are. That's what we do here, right? Um, and you know, we have this whole thing with mortal sin and venial sin and confession and, you know, it goes on and on, right? Like, that's what our, our faith is based around is, like, falling and getting back up and seeking God again. But my my question is how, like, what do we as Catholics say and and think is, like, the moment we're saved? Like, how do we know we're saved? How do we know we go to heaven? Like, let's get down to the root of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I feel like we talk about so many things, but that's that's the one that's on my mind the most. Sure, I got you. So uh, the Catholic Church believes that we um, that humans are uh, because of the fall of Adam and Eve are sinful creatures, and there is nothing that we ourselves can do to merit salvation and an eternal life, just like on our own. However, we, we do say that with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, he atones for all of our sins and offers us e- eternal life. And 
the way that he has chosen to do that is through his church and specifically the way that we are saved, like justified fully in faith to go from, from, from death in sin to new life is, and uh, this justification happens in one moment, and that is the moment of our baptism. So uh, when we are baptized validly in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we are, we are born again. We are uh, like, this is biblical. This is Catholic teaching to say that, yes, we are, we are, we are born again and we go from not saved to saved. Um, and whenever we are, the, like the church writes a lot about his, whenever we are baptized, we are given an indelible mark that like a mark that, that, that cannot leave that forever. When we are baptized, we are a part of his church and we, uh, uh, now have access and are given sanctifying grace, uh, and we, we become the, the children of God by the virtue of our baptism. Yeah, quick question. So does that mean that someone who is baptized, well, okay, th- does that mean that you need to be baptized in order to go to heaven? And also, can you be baptized and end up not going to heaven? Yeah, yeah. so I'll answer the second question, then I'll answer the first. Can you be baptized and not go to heaven? Yes. So... You're, you're initially given the full justification and a sanctifying grace at the moment of your baptism. However, that sanctifying grace can be something that is lost. And that is whenever you turn away from God in a, in a, in a grievous, grave way, uh, that is through mortal sin, that means that you have cut yourself off from God. And uh, it, it, it is to the degree of, of, of how you were before you were baptized. Let's say you are dead in sin when you're in mortal sin. Uh, and if you die in a state of uh, mortal sin, you, uh, and, and if you die, you spend the rest of your eternity separated from God. We have a word for that. That word is hell. If you die not not in a state of mortal sin, you, uh, and there there's still the residuality of sin in your soul, like venial sin or temporal punishment due to sin, then you uh, eventually, after you are purified, will eventually have union and be completely with God because where God is like, you can't have sin. So if you still have attachment to sin, that gets purified. That's purgatory. And so everyone who goes to purgatory will eventually get to heaven. And when you, when you are in that eternity with God, that is what we call heaven. But you, if you are cut off from his grace by mortal sin, then you go to hell because that's, that's, that's how it'd be. Um, and to answer your first part of your question, what was the first part? It's like, uh, can you not be baptized and go to heaven? Uh, the answer to that is that, uh, so God, like, because he has instituted this, the, the church and his sacraments, uh, the, what he has promised that the sacraments will do happen. However, God is not bound by his sacraments. So, uh, for instance, it used to, like, I'm sure at some point someone believed that you need to be baptized by water in order to be, uh, in, in order to be saved. But the church has now say, said that, like, you can be, uh, like ba- have a baptism by desire to where someone like say, say they're in the RCIA process, they're about to get baptized and then they like die. That baptism by desire can apply and mean that, that they achieve this full justification or saved. Similarly, baptism by blood to where if someone sheds uh, their blood, they die for, for the faith, they die a martyr, they can be baptized by blood. And this is something the church has said, but in general, the church is not bound, sorry, God is not bound by his sacraments. But when, the, when, when God promises the sacraments do a thing through his church, they do do a thing because Jesus, because God. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that explanation. I'm, I'm just like in a phase of just asking questions and questions and questions, right? Yeah, and so like you mentioned mortal sin, right? And you mentioned how that strips of strips us of our salvation. And that's like, and my boy Tyler just walked in. 
shout out to him. Uh, I was having a, a, a pretty in-depth conversation with him, I believe, last night about um, our salvation and this topic and, you know, how mortal sin, like, strips us of that um, salvation. But to me, okay, and, and, and then the difference between our belief and then, like, a Protestant belief of, you know, once saved, always saved, uh, you pray a prayer, that's it, right? Um, but it, it all kind of feels... I'm not saying there's like there's no merit to it. I mean, obviously there is. It's just my understanding is not sufficient enough yet. So there's multiple things. It's like that 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 concept of when if when and if you die in mortal sin, you're going to hell, right? Does that mean that like at a, at at 87 years old, right? You you've never um, you've never once explored the faith, you've always rejected God, and then you have like one day, your last day, where a priest comes and, and gives you the word and, and you confess and um, like you're rid of your mortal sin and, and you, you proclaim that you believe in God and you're, you're even baptized and all these things. And that one day is, and then boom, you die in a state of grace and you go to heaven. What about the person who began their faith? I don't know began exploring at like 20 years old, let's say, and, and went, um, you know, committed mortal sin even after like they, they joined the church and got baptized and all that stuff, but then kept coming back, right? You keep getting up. That's what faith is. You get up after you fall. And like, you know, they kept doing that and they committed, you know, their lives to God. And then, and then they get to a certain point where they, they have a night, you know, like where they commit mortal sin and they fall into mortal sin. And, and, you know, God forbid, like they get up the next day and they, 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 by some unforeseen circumstance pass away. Right. And they're in a state of mortal sin. Then they're going to hell, right. After the person that committed one day to the Lord. Right. And then it goes into this whole thing of like faith by, is not by works, but I mean, sorry, salvation is not by works, but by faith. But like, it kind of is by works. Cause like, I have to show up, I have to go to mass. I have to go to confession. Right. That's me doing action right that 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 supposedly (laughs) or does get me you know saved so it's just it just it just feels unclear like I feel like my brain is just super cloudy right now I don't know so what you have articulated is true uh that's clear but it seems that the the unclarity is from like like how can this be why would God allow this kind of thing Is, is is that kind of right I mean not necessarily like how God would allow it, but like what do I need to do to like be with God one day? You know what I mean? So um, I'll, I'll answer that, but uh, let me first talk about this situation. Uh, like uh, for instance, uh, in, in the Bible, Jesus talks about the parable of where in the morning uh, he hires, like the, 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 the landowner hires some, some individuals uh, for, for a certain wage. And then he gets more people during the day. And at the end of the day, um, very, very close to whenever the, the workday ends, he hires some final people. And they all get paid the same wage. And the people who came first is like, I, I was here first. Are, are, what, what, what happened? And uh, I feel like that's very analogous to the people who, let's say, they, they, they never commit mortal sin in their life. And they, 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 um, they, they follow God throughout their entire life. They, they started in the morning. But um, I feel like having one's will aligned to the will of God would not say, oh, it's unfair that... Like that person is also saved because they, they came so late, but rather to rejoice, to rejoice that, that, that they're here, to rejoice that they have chosen Jesus Christ to be, to be their Lord and Savior, to repent of their sins, even if it's on their last day. Like that seems uh, something to rejoice in. 
but this other example that you give of someone who, let's, let's say they follow God their whole life and then one day they like slip up and, and, then, and then they die. Um, that's, that's very, very unfortunate. Um, the, what, what, well, if they die in a state of mortal sin, then they go to hell. How, what if their intentions are still to go back to confession and still to, you know, continue the faith, but they just got caught on the, like, you know, <laughs> they got caught in a day that, that, that they just didn't have the opportunity to. Yeah. So, um, the church does say that, um, that like sacramental confession, uh, absolves you from your sins. However, if one, let's say one isn't a, like, let's say one does commit a mortal sin, the church does say like if they have perfect contrition for their for, for their sins, then uh, I don't know if it's they're no longer in a state of mortal sin or or they 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 can join God in heaven. And also like um, I think a thing that uh, says this kind of concept well is if you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, specifically the section on like suicide, it states that like uh, suicide is like. Um, something that is like, oh, so do you know that mortal sin, there are three things required for mortal sin. There's uh, full knowledge, full uh, consent, and grave matter. So, uh, so the Catechism says, yes, uh, suicide is, is anyone's life is grave matter, but uh, like we don't know that their intent, or they don't even say that. It just says, like, we should not despair of those who have taken their own lives. In ways known to Him alone, God offers the opportunity for salutary repentance. We pray for those who have taken their own lives, and I think the same thing can apply to other individuals who, like, it appears that oh, they, they've committed um, some form of mortal sin and they've died. Where we can pray for them and say that, like, God, uh, in ways known to Him alone, can offer them uh, salutary repentance. And um, we also see instances in like the lives of the saints where, like, they pray for individuals who, like, may be unrepentant, and either by the actions of those people repenting, or even by the actions of like of those saints and, and other graces merited to where we see the Lord or like the, the, the blessed Virgin Mary work in these ways to like, to like bring these people back because that, that's all God wants for us. Yeah. And th there was another question that you asked that I didn't get to answer. Which was, I have no idea. It was like, it's like, how do I or something? Was can, can I say something like I could be completely wrong with your perspective on this, but like kind of what I think when you ask that question, what were some of the things that kind of just like stood out? Like what are the different perspectives of it? So the one about the person who, like, is trying their best, you know, going to Mass, going to confession whenever they fall, you know, but they just keep falling into mortal sin. Um, I want to bring up, too, just, like, we do have, um, like, a teaching just, like, on addiction or, like, okay, let's say, for example, because this is what it kind of sounds like to me, and I could be completely wrong about this, but, like, let's say, for example, someone's struggling with, like, like some of the sexual sins, and it's gotten to a point where it's become an addiction, with addiction, there's a lessened culpability because obviously the addictive aspect of it. And so for someone who's like, keep on falling, keep on striving, but they keep like messing up, they keep falling back to those habits, like addiction plays a part in it. And so when there is um, like a, something like addiction, there is a lessened culpability. So whether something would be a moral sin would be, that could be up to question because of the aspect of free will. That's one of the conditions for moral sin. Um, the last part of it, the other part of it, where you're talking about just like for someone who is going to wait their entire life, you know, probably like live like a however they want to live until like the last moments of their life and they decide to convert and change. The probability of that, I'm not saying that's impossible, but if someone has that intention, there's a sin called the sin of presumption, where basically you know that you're going to be forgiven for something so that you commit as many sins as you want before 
that's called the sin of presumption. But also I was going to say, what is the probability of someone who is living a very hedonistic life now, just living for the pleasures or whatever, that's going to convert and to repent and to change their lives by the end of their lives doesn't seem likely because the conversion is not like a like a quick thing like that. You can't just change like that. If you're going to live that lifestyle and wait till the end of life, also Mike tomorrow's not guaranteed. If you're going to have that mindset and just like live how you want to, I don't think you'll get to a point where you're going to like completely change your heart, if that makes sense. Yeah, and another thing is like if they just continue to say no to God's grace throughout their entire life, like uh, like they're so undisposed to it and such to where like at the end of their life, th- all they've done is said no. Like 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 they have like 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 they they could. We, we pray that they do say yes, but it's more likely that they just say no. Okay, well that is actually very very thorough, and I appreciate it because you know like. It, it says something about a, a person who's willing to answer these questions and, and not, like, flee from it. So I appreciate you guys. But also, I'm not sure how long you usually go on these episodes, but, like, I, I definitely want to do a little segment here at the end if we have the time. Uh, just ask me some questions about myself. Because, you know, like, of course, I love talking about the faith. God is good. Um, but, yeah, let's we can get into some other stuff if you want as well. Another thing is, let me explain more about what Tyler was talking about. So, <coughs> so basically there is uh, a thing in the Catholic church. We call it ignorance. Basically um, let's say somebody grew up in a society where they didn't know about the, about Jesus Christ. They didn't know about the faith and they die. Like they weren't given the opportunity to follow Christ. Uh, the, of course they can follow like their own personal, like, like, uh, God-given conscience to them. We say, like, someone's moral faculties of, like, knowing intuitively, like, right, right from wrong, murder is bad. Like, if they follow that that voice of God in their life, that, like, like, like we um, prescribe to them uh, what what is called invincible ignorance. Invincible meaning there's nothing, like, it, it, it couldn't have been vinced. There was, there, was nothing, there was nothing they could do about it. And if they have invincible ignorance, then uh, that, that decreases their culpability because they didn't know. And then... Uh, the thing that Tyler's saying is that, like, if someone has like severe addiction uh, at like basically the chemical level, uh, there there could be present a level of invincible ignorance uh, to where like it decreases your culpability for certain sins because like like um, yeah, it decreases your culpability for certain sins because there is some invincible uh, ignorance. There's some like physical or or chemical thing that just like an impediment that like it's. It's it's like legitimate to say like, did you actually have free will free will in this scenario, or is a certain degree of mental illness, uh, like like a, a conflicting factor to where you didn't actually have the free will to make that decision, which is why the church says what it does on things like uh, suicide. Like, did that like 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 did that person have full knowledge and full consent to what they did? Um, that's something that the church does say. Uh, yeah, you have a comment on this? Uh, absolutely. Um, I know honestly. I feel a little ignored by what I said earlier, but I'm honestly glad you ignored me because that was a great, that was very eye-opening, actually. I, I, I've never even considered the idea of, like, culpability. I, I just assume, like, sin is sin. It's just as bad every single time, no matter the circumstance. But I also do understand the concept of, I mean, if someone never gets the chance even to hear about God, which... I think is pretty rare, but like there are some extreme circumstances where you are just like in a box or, or in a, you know, just in a situation where you just have no opportunity and no person, but God will reach you somehow. Have that faith.
Yeah, Tyler makes a good point. Like, if someone grows up with, like, a very skewed false perception, like, they're just indoctrinated since they're young that, like, oh, Christians are really bad, stuff like that, like, like they're not going to, like, like of course, God God can still work his grace through them, but there's definitely that impediment there of, like, of, like, uh, that could be so twisted to where, like, even if someone does hear about, like, the gospel, so much things have been twisted in their mind to where, like, they're going to associate that with bad, stuff like that. And also, on the thing about ignoring you, we'll get there, calm down. Yeah. Okay, well, hmm, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say about this, but, oh, no, I'm just messing around. I'm not, I don't, I don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, honestly, that, those are like the deepest. Those are the ones that I'm battling with every day. So I'm going to take what we talked about today. I'm going to listen back to this podcast and, I am definitely gonna, cause I'm I'm a big something about me. I'm a I'm a huge note taker. Like I will just take notes. I have a file in my phone about like everything I've learned up to this point. Um, just like since I've start, I've come back to the faith. Tell us, oh, the story. Okay. Um. So. No, I mean, there's nothing. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm completely comfortable with everything I've said up to this point. Is it crazy? I think it's, it's. I don't know how crazy of a testimony it really is, but I, I, I think, I think it's a pretty common one. Um, but if you see it that way, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I grew up um, going to Catholic church um, with my with my mom and my family, um, and and I was baptized in the Catholic church. I was, you know, confirmed a Catholic when I was fifteen, um, but I, I never really. It never resonated with me. Like I went to church, you know, week after week and it was kind of like, okay, get up, we're going to church. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll dress up and, and it, you know, you go and you go through the proceedings and you don't really think about them. You don't really listen to the word that's being given. And then it gets to the end and you hear the words, you know, you know, go forth in peace. Right. And I'm like, great, let's go eat lunch. Right. Let's, let's, let's go. I'm out. Right. And, and, um, then I, I, I got confirmed and, you know, I was like 15 years old and I, I start to, you know, like I, I stopped going to, to church after that. Um, especially cause it, I mean, COVID and stuff, but then that kind of gave me a pass to be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to find my own church. And I found like a, like a, a Christian church in my, in my town, which is not, you know, bad by any means, but you know, it's good. It's nice to go there to worship. Um, it's, it's great. Right. Any, any, any praise, uh, towards the Lord is, is, is good and it's positive. Um, and then, and then in orientation, um, this summer, um, well, I don't know if we know if you've gotten into it, but I'm, I am a, a freshman here at the university of Texas, um, at Austin. Yes. To be specific. Um, I'm a sport management major by the way. And what? <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, so I, I at orientation I met uh, our boy Angel, who's also very active and present here at the UCC, um, and I think he, I mean, he was episode number eight. You see, I do my research. Uh, yup, 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 and um, so you know we talked and we became friends and stuff, um, and and then when it you know came time for the semester to start we, you know, kept hanging out and then he introduced me to Alan and other people. And it kind of, I mean, I made kind of like a nucleus of, of friends, like six or seven guys. And, and all of them, um, are part of the UCC, um, and, and are Catholic. And 
I started to think to myself, you know, maybe, maybe there's something there, right? Maybe there's something that God's telling me that, that God is, is calling me towards. Um, and I was like, you know what, let me give it a chance, right? They told me about this freshman group called John 15, um, that they, that they're a part of. It's very fulfilling, you know, like it's, and, 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 and Angel's like, you know what, just come, like, you're welcome to come as you are, regardless of what you think, ask questions, just, just, you know, just be a part of it. And, and I did one Wednesday and, um, I mean the, the feeling I got, like when I walked in, like, this is home, you know what I mean? Like, this is, I'm, I'm good here. I'm safe here. Like, it's just, you know. I don't know. It, it was it was just an over, pretty overwhelming feeling, and it's something I wanted to to recreate over and over and over. And and I think that it goes back to something that me and Angel actually talk about a lot, which is when you quote unquote spread the gospel, it's not necessarily opening a Bible in someone's face and reading the words that are in it and proclaiming it to them, but instead it's just loving others, right? It's just being a brother, just being a sister, it's being a son, it's being a daughter, it's being a friend, it's sharing a meal. It's, you know, it's all these things, right? It's you show God's love more than you speak on it, right? And so that's what I felt happened, you know, to me. And that turned into, then I went to adoration, uh, which was a beautiful experience. And then I, I, I went to confession for the first time in, in over a decade, um, at the, uh, about a month ago, or I'm not sure now. It's all a blur. But, um yeah. Um, and then that, you know, started going to mass, started exploring, asking questions. And, and now I catch myself defending the faith to other people. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I have discussions with people and I'm able to just recite certain things or, or, you know, like share my own experiences to them, which helps them. They do the same for me. And yeah, I mean, I'm here. I'm, I'm a son of God, and I'm proud of it, um, absolutely. And, yeah, we continue from here, and we, we grow every day. And Tyler wants the mic again. I was going to say one of the biggest things I've seen from Chris is, like, when he first came to um, – does that work now? Okay. When he first came to John 15, I don't know if you mind me sharing this. I don't think you do. But, uh, you know, he's, he asked questions just like Mary and just like, you know, can Mary hear her prayers about the intercession of the Blessed Mother? And just like Angel and and Alan and Adriana, just like everyone else in our group has been so good and just like welcoming in. And he was just so open to just learning more about the Catholic faith that now, you know, he's learning how to pray the rosary and been back to confession in a huge amount of time. And so it's amazing growth. Actually, to comment on that, I, I uh, recently was in a Bible study and we were talking about um, the Holy Mother and I was going back and forth with one of the guys in Bible study. And we were, um, like, I was just questioning him. And he was, I mean, his name's Juan, by the way, um, JP, Juan Pablo. Um, that's my boy. Um, and he he was able to answer these questions so thoroughly and with so much, like, compassion for, for Mary that it made me say, okay, I'm going to pray the rosary um, at least even if I don't do it in the in the chapel, I'm going to do it every day of the week. And I did it twice with Tyler and the other days on my own. And when I came back to Bible study a week later on Monday, I was able to say that I am I understand just a little bit more. Just by committing that time to her, I'm able to adore her more 
you know, than I did before. And, and it and one thing I got to shout out is also this teaching, right, that resonated with me probably more than anything else. Um, and it's it's going back to um, a time of, I think it was either, I think it was like King David or or one of the kings, right? One of the very significant kings in the Bible. Solomon? Okay. Well, one of them, they had multiple wives at the time. And yes, and, and in doing so, not a single one of them could be the queen while he is the king. Um, and instead his mother is the queen, right? The mother of the king is the queen. And just like... Um, with Jesus being our king, um, his holy mother Mary is the queen. And that, for me, speaks, it just speaks directly to me because I am just a huge, like, mama's boy. Like, I love my mom. And I've always been close to her. I've always sought after her, her you know, guidance and, and just, you know, just always tried to be the best son I could be because I know, I know what she goes through. I know what she sacrifices for me. And she's, like, my queen. So like when I heard that teaching and just it, it starts with Jesus and it starts with Mary and it just goes down from there um, and it just in every family, I don't know. That's just a really cool, really, really cool thing um, that I wanted to mention. One of my favorite quotes from one of my friends is, so we say Jesus has a human nature and a divine nature, but Jesus is a divine person. So divine person, two natures, but Mary is not divine at all. She is a human person with a human nature. But because of how close she is to God and how close she is to Jesus and how holy she is, we can say that like the human person who loves you the most is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Well, and, and a couple of things. Uh, number one, behind every great man is a great woman. That's an awesome quote. Amen. Right. I, like, and, and that starts with, you know, it's crazy how it all ties back to just Jesus and and, and something else that ties back to Jesus just popped into my head when we were talking about earlier. You asked me why bad things happen, right? Um, and, and the classic answer is for a reason. Well, my another shout-out I got to give is to Rafa. Um, he's my Bible study leader. He said, um, you know what? When you, when you say everything happens for a reason, it's the biggest cliche ever, and like no one ever really kind of thinks about that. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, for a reason, right? Whatever that means. What it means is, right, Jesus dying on the cross, the worst death in the history of humanity, like, that is, it, it's, it's, I mean, you have to, like, really dig into that story and, 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 you know, like, understand what happened to him and how much he suffered was for the greatest reason, all of our salvation. So everything that happens for a reason, and, and it's now, and now it's the greatest story ever told, right? From the worst death in the history of humanity to the greatest story ever told for the greatest reason ever given, right? So you have to boil that down to just daily, you know, daily problems, daily issues. You have to recognize and you have to have faith and you have to trust that they are for a reason and that they will, you know, this too shall pass. You know what I mean? Alexandra wants the microphone. Do I hold it like this? The green light towards me? Okay. Hey, it's me. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'll hold it. Okay. Um, Ethan's holding the mic. I've lost mic privileges um, or mic holding privileges. I was just going to say, um, just like as a woman, like being around at the UCC, when men start praying the rosary, you can see visible change like in them. You know what I mean? Because Our Lady just kind of no, because you're not a woman at the UCC. Our Lady pours out kind of grace um, 
onto these men. And it's so beautiful because I think that, okay, I can hold it. I think that as a, like, as a woman on a college campus, I don't really understand what that experience is like for men. And I just think it's so important for men to have Mary because I think that, I don't know if you agree with this, Chris, but I feel like kind of the message we're sending, like young men now is like you, no one needs you, no one needs you. Um, women, women can do things by themselves and women are better than men and everything that's gone wrong in the world is the fault of men. Um, and I think like Chris was saying earlier, like we have to separate evil from God and also just kind of take culpability for some, because the issues that occur in the world are partially because we're the problem. Like the problem is in us. I think that we really want to look around and blame everybody else. Um, but like if we can never accept that there is something inherently wrong with us, like we're not going to see it. And just final thing before I hand it back to Chris, the reason why Mary is like so important to Catholics and like so enlightening to us is she is what we are supposed to be. Um, she's what we will be. Um, and I think that it's just so heartening to see that because Mary teaches men how, how to treat women and also women how to behave as like, behave is like the wrong word, but um, how to conduct yourself, um, how, how, to, how to model your life, yeah. No, 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 Chris gets the mic, Tyler. No, it's okay, Tyler. I'll hand it back to you right now, but it's just because she directly said, I don't know if you agree with this, Chris, um, so I feel like I need to answer that. Um, honestly, I want to go on record and say that I'm not like trying to say that 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 women need to do this, need to do that, like, you know what I mean, like that they're at fault in this and that way, because men are also, we are all, right, imperfect humans. My my point being that that men and women have a have a role like just just given to us by the bible you know given to us directly from the word of god and i think that it's not about saying right i'm better than you cuz i'm a man or you're better than me cuz you're a woman but it's instead just embracing the role that god gives us to its full extent whatever that means right whether you disagree with it or agree with it i mean that's just that's just the point it's not i'm not better than you you're not better than me um just because of our gender Right, we are absolutely equal because we are just loved by God eternally, each and every one of us. So, that's my take on it. Um, what's going on here? What, what is that? I wanted to leave this off on a quote, the most, probably most base quote by Fulton Fulton Sheen, it says, "To a great extent, the level of any civilization is the level of its of its womanhood." Womanhood. So, going back to a society where. You know, like you were saying, yes, we're all fallen, but calling each other higher, striving for virtue, both men and women striving in virtue, becoming models, striving after the model of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that's the level of womanhood we should be promoting in our society. Yeah, so part of how you get to heaven as a Catholic is by cooperation with God's grace, but that also means like cooperating with each other. Um, because we have a Savior and that sure as heck is in us, but we're made for community and men and women are complimentary complimentary um I keep talking okay and 
yeah, men and women are complementary and we have models. So it's not, it's, we have the models of Jesus and Mary and also just Joseph for men too. Um, but it's, it's not like, I think, I think the problem for a lot of young people is they feel like they're moving around in the world trying to figure that out with no, I don't want to say template, but with no guidance. Um, and like what better guidance to follow than the two greatest people who have ever existed, you know? Yeah. Personally, um, I don't know. I do a lot of things. I try to pick up new hobbies here and there. And I will say the best way to learn how to like, the best way to learn how to crochet is to find someone who learned how to crochet and then like have them teach you or the best, like best way to learn uh, any skill is to find someone who's very proficient in that skill and learn how to teach you and who is more, uh, who's closer to God than, uh, than the blessed Virgin Mary. Um, like she, her yes is literally what allowed God to, uh, Allie got up really quickly to want to say something. Here you go. So just like cool scientific fact, um, the Bible talks about us being temples of the Holy Spirit and says that God dwells within us. But a really cool fact about Mary in particular is that um, when when you're a woman and you're pregnant and you have a baby, um, even after you give birth to your baby, their DNA is still in your womb. So Jesus's DNA to this day is still in Mary's womb. So she still literally has like, she still literally bears God. I think it's called a fetal microchimerism. Chimerism? Chimerism? I don't know. But yeah, basically, um, yeah, I I do have a very, I have a very strong devotion to to the the Blessed Virgin, comma, Mary, period. Um, She's very, um, yeah, she's very, um, she's very, oh, Tyler pulled up something that, yes, this is true. Uh, Years after pregnancy, the, the fetal cells are still there. Fetal microchimerism. Yeah, that seems pretty cool. But yes, the Blessed Virgin Mary is is wonderful. She is um, was conceived without sin, and um, like Ali said, like she is the template. She is uh, she is who we we were meant to be. Because um, Jesus says, with on a different topic, but he says, in the beginning it was not so. It was not so that sin and death entered into the world, and we were created in original justice and original peace with God, and. Um, that that is who the Blessed Virgin Mary is, and uh, Christ died on the cross so that we could be purified of our sins, so that we could be with Him in heaven, and and that's what the Blessed Virgin Mary did. Yes, Alexandra. Just one more thing. I know people struggle in their relationships with Our Lady because um, she can seem kind of unapproachable sometimes because she was conceived without sin, and I think she is. Um, we're talked about. Um, we're ta- we're talking about her. Um, as the model for all women, which she is. But I think that can be sometimes kind of hard because it's like, well, this woman was conceived without sin. Like, and I, I was not. So, so what do I do? And I think that um, when we talk about sometimes people have difficult relationships with God the Father because of their own fathers, I think that it's important to remember that sometimes people can have difficult relationships with Our Lady or struggle to bond with Our Lady because of, because of their mother or like, relationships with other women um if women have been like mean um or cruel but something really beautiful that i heard in a talk from sister miriam james highland um who never says anything off ever she's always on um no that's that's just hyperbole but she says that um she had a conversation with a woman one time who 
was a mother herself and had a lot of children. She just felt really overwhelmed, but she felt like she couldn't approach Our Lady in prayer because she envisioned herself as like this five-year-old girl with like grape jam on her hands and Our Lady is like this beautiful, like elegant woman in a ball gown waiting for a dinner party or like for for a limo to take her somewhere. Um, And so she always felt like, oh, like if I try to approach Our Lady, she'll be like, no, 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 no. Like, don't touch me, don't touch me. Um, Or like, let me clean you up, let me clean you up, something like that. But she said she just had great consolation um, in imagining Our Lady one time when she was just kind of at her wit's end. Um, And instead of like pushing her away, Our Lady scooped her up and she like played with Our Lady's pearls that she had envisioned around her neck. Um, And she got like jam all over them. But instead of like being upset or um, stressed about that, Our Lady just laughed. Um, And I think that like because Our Lady is so her will is so united with God's. Um, she she wants you to approach her as much as God does, and she wants to help us. So, like, when we struggle in our relationship with her, it's kind of like with God is, like, it's, it's an us thing. Like, she wants us to approach her um, and to befriend her and to be mothered by her. So she's really just the best. I love her. Agreed. You have something to say on this, Christopher? Oh, I think I said everything I need to say, but I I think that this this goes back to earlier when I mentioned just like I mean hearing anything from a woman's perspective is is it's so enlightening to me cuz I mean I'm only in my own brain all the time, right? I'm only in a man's brain, but when we have this interaction like back and forth between, you know, me and a woman or, you know, another person in the UCC, right? It's just it's always enlightening. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much for, you know, I I, I actually I want to like check out that. What was the name of the? the talk. Yes, the talk. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. But like, do you have any other questions, prompts for me? So another thing about the Blessed Virgin Mary is that uh, it is said that like all of the graces poured out by God like go through. Um, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the way I best heard it is like go through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary because it is through her womb that she bears, she bears Christ, uh, and so all those graces that come from God like come through the Blessed Mother because uh, not not because she did something on her own but because God has ordained it such that um, that uh, that He dispenses her gra- His grace through uh, through the Blessed Virgin Mary, and um, yeah, uh, Mary is someone who is very very special uh, because she was the one who she, she is of course the daughter of the father, but the mother of the son and the spouse of the Holy spirit that uh, yeah, she has this very special relationship with God and, uh, and her yes to, well, all, all of this is, is how, is how uh, Christ came into the world and how, uh, and, uh, and it, a lot of things about her. It's like very fitting to be like that. Um, and yeah, I guess I have a question for you now. What is your favorite freshwater fish? Um, well, this question might be better suited for my older brother, Victor, who is a huge fisherman. Um, I can't maybe tell you. I could tell you what my favorite saltwater fish is. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's your favorite saltwater fish? It's called a red. 
tell you more. Uh, it is the biggest fish I've ever caught. Um, I we were well, so I'm from the Rio Grande Valley, um, which is like South South Texas. Oh, what, what city are you from? Uh, Harlingen. Oh, I've been there before. We, excuse me, Tyler. Yes, we do have water. So it's like, no. Uh, I I am also um, I'm also Romanian. Uh, my both of my parents were born in Romania, and they immigrated here together. And um, they actually lived in New York. Had my two older brothers, and then moved to the Rio Grande Valley, where they had me. Um, yes, so that that's where I'm from. And um, nearby is a place called South Padre Island, which is typically. Like when I say I'm from the Rio Grande Valley or I say I'm from Harlingen, Texas, they're like, I get a confused look. And then it's, South, what did, well, do you know South Padre Island? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm like 30 minutes from there, which is very nice for summer and for all the time just to go there and be there. And that um, results in fishing trips that we take. Uh, and I caught a 25-inch red one time, which is like pretty big. And we ate it. It was great. My brother prepared it, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, it was a good time. For the folks at home, uh, I know before I came to UT, I would have been like the Rio Grande Valley, followed by, the heck, is South Padre Island. It's like South Texas. Uh, uh, South Padre Island is near near the border, but on the Gulf of Mexico. And then the, and then uh, Harlingen is like 30 minutes uh, west of that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, I like I like a good fish as well. Um, I'm a, I'm a big catfish fan. I do like catfishing out here. It's pretty nice. Uh, catfish is just it's cheap and yeah, catfish like 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 you, those are like Vietnamese dishes that use catfish. It's it's pretty nice. Well, the only experience I've ever had with catfish is being uh, scared of those prongs on the front of their face. I heard a bunch of like hospitalization stories. Tyler is, um, kind of gesturing that it happened to him. That that sucks, but um, yeah. Are you good? No, you good, Tyler? Yeah, he's good. Just an update for the people. Um, they are not. Are they sharp? I don't know. I just know that yeah, they have barbs and like those are what what what's in the barbs. Okay, well, yeah. Do you? I don't know. What else you want to know about Romania? Or what is your favorite cookie? My favorite cookie is chocolate chip. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like gooey or like crispy? Okay, the perfect chocolate chip. This is for everybody out there who wants to make a chocolate chip cookie. The perfect chocolate chip cookie is crispy on the edges, on the outside, and then on the inside, it's like a gooey, soft, and then the 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 melted chocolate is is. Yeah, I mean, come on, with a glass of milk, like what what's there to complain about? This is like those women who are like, yeah, my perfect guy is like uh, seven feet tall. And like, uh, 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 and it's like, 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 have you tried making chocolate chip cookies out here? I mean, that's, that's, I, mean I, I can do it. It's just like, man, I, I got to have the right oven. I got to have the right humid. Like, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, you can heat them up. But, but um, Ethan, can I, not, can I ask you, are we not like, can we not just like want the best in things? Like I will, okay, I will buy a a box of chocolate chip cookies from the grocery store and happily eat them, even if they're not perfect and crispy and gooey on the inside and whatever. I'll happily settle for them, but like I'll always seek that perfect cookie. You know what I mean? That whoa, 
Did I just drop an analogy a little bit? Okay. It's just that sometimes people put uh, value in certain traits that are just like gratuitous. And it's one of those things where like you can have a cookie that's perfectly fine in a lot of other aspects. But I don't know. So, 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 uh, the, 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 there's no commentary on here at all with regards to any and anything. There's, there's no commentary. I'm not talking about men. I'm just looking in individual people's directions for no reason. Claudia has returned. She's been gone for like 40 minutes. I have to say, Carly just walked in. Shout out to my friend, Carly. We had a great conversation yesterday. Do you mind if I share? Yeah? Okay. Because this goes back. I know we've been talking about cookies and, and where I'm from and all that. But, like, we we were we were talking earlier about, like, just the role of, like, men and, and women and just fathers and mothers and Mary and everything. And we had this conversation yesterday about Carly's dad and how she adores him and, like, Carly's dad is actually one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I bet he would be mine too. Be, like, so my dream is to have a daughter. Like, I, I would love to have a daughter. That have that like, have that like father daughter connection is just something that I've always dreamed about. Like, I pray about that. You know what I mean? So, did you just unplug the whole? Okay. So like, I was like, dang, we just go dark. <laughs> anyway, so, um, she's talking about how. You know, her dad, she adores her dad so much because of how slow to anger he is and how even when he does get upset about something, it's more of like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about why I'm disappointed and let's talk about um, like maybe what you could have done or what you should do next time. And she told me that the gravity of what he says is so much more significant and so much more moving because he doesn't just act out of anger, right? Whenever he is mad, like, I mean, I'm sure he's a human, he has emotions, right? But he doesn't let that, you know, transpire onto like other people. So like, that's, that's just the dad I want to be. Like, I want that bond. I want, you know, my daughter one day to be like, okay, I have these standards because my dad, like I grew up with my dad and he is the man that like, you know, like that is the kind of man, you know, I want to marry one day. Like that's the model of a man. And that's just like, dude, like if, like, no, okay. Yeah. Do you want, I mean, do I need to be like super explicit? Yes. Okay. Great. Um, yeah, no, of course. I, I get I get how that sounds, but you know what I mean? Like it's just you have standards because your father is your earthly father is such a good representation, you know, of what it you know. So yeah, no, you you're not gonna say anything? As as a psych major, I can say that um it sounds like a little Oedipal, but it's not. Um <laughs> The, the person who teaches you how to be treated by the opposite sex is your parent of opposite sex. So if you're a daughter, it's a father. Um, so I think that, like, you know, we're experiencing maybe, like, more kids growing up in, in homes without their fathers. Um, and so that causes a lot of problems because now we have, like, all, a lot of, like, young men who maybe don't really know what the model of a man is supposed to look like and how you're supposed to act. We have a lot of young women who don't know what to expect um, like in how to be treated by men. Um, and so that's like, so right, Chris, that like it, the role of a, a father in the life of a daughter is like so important to every single relationship she has just in any, any way moving forward. So. 
Christopher, do you have any closing words for the, the audience at home? Yeah. Um, Christopher, thank you for calling me Christopher. Yeah, appreciate that. Nah, yeah, I'm just kidding. It's because at the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about Right, right, right. All right, well, to close, wow, we talked about a lot. Okay, um, honestly, there are interests that I have. Like, there are certain, you know, I love to do other stuff too. Um, but honestly, if we're not talking about the faith and we're not exploring, like, God's word more, honestly, there isn't a more fulfilling thing that I think we could have spent our time talking about here today. So I hope that whoever's listening to this you know, got something out of today, maybe wrote something down that resonated with them. I mean, if I could just be, you know, a witness to God, then that's what I want to do, you know, every day. But like, also, let me just disclaimer, I'm super imperfect too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just saying these things as if I'm some perfect guy. So if you're imperfect and you like, you feel yourself like falling to sin a lot, I do the same, right? And it's just about getting back up. It's just about continuing that. That's what faith is. It's getting back up every time no one deserves like god's infinite love but we have it we have god's grace for eternity okay thank you just in case you didn't learn anything german chocolate cake doesn't come from germany it's actually some guy named sam german uh the tilt of the earth is 23.5 degrees uh the voltage equals uh current times resistance and also